640 Employment Hour back live. Lior's doing his thing now live on Wednesday night. Getting going here on this uh, evening show. A reminder, it's all about severance and termination and everything under that uh, that complete umbrella. And we'd like to start, uh, as always, with the week that was. A couple cases that have come across your desk recently, right? That's right, uh, John, and welcome to all our listeners. Happy to be back here. This is the show where we answer all your questions about workplace rights, losing your job, worried about losing your job. So if you've been sitting there thinking, what should I do? Who should I talk to? Guess what? You can call us right now. We're here for the next hour. And I always like to start off with a couple of uh, situations that I saw this week because I think it sends an important message and there's a lesson to be learned there for our listeners. So these are actually very common situations, John. So I'm going to give them to you as an example of a very, very common, simple situations that I see every week. In the first situation, I was contacted by someone that worked as a plant manager for six months. He was 47 years old and he was let go for financial reasons. Well, they was, he was offered two weeks pay. Only two weeks. Well, guess what, John? This guy was, <clears throat> in fact, entitled to four months compensation. So when I reviewed his offer, <laughs> told, forget about two weeks, you're entitled to four months compensation. He had a hard time believing it because he only worked for, four, uh, for right. six months. And for him, the difference between what he was offered, which is two weeks, and what he's owed, which is four months, was about $40,000. And this was a very straightforward matter. And I bet you by the next time we're on the air, next Wednesday, John, we're going to have this matter resolved. For sure. Very, very straightforward matter. Very simple situation. The second matter, actually, it's not even the week that was. It's about an hour ago. On my way here uh, to the studio this evening, walking over here, I got an email from a gentleman was let go after 11 years of employment. He was a finance manager and uh, was let go because the company decided that they needed to cut costs. Well, he was offered 20 weeks compensation, 20 weeks. I assess him as being entitled to 14 months of compensation. For him, this is a difference of about (laughs) $50,000. And again, this just came in by email. And I'm not telling you these or giving you these as examples uh, because there, there's anything special about these cases. In fact, I'm giving you these as examples because these are common, common situations. I probably have four, five, six a day of these exact matters where people call me, they have an offer, they're not know if, they don't know if it's good or not, uh, their employer is telling them they have to accept, and in reality, it could be worth tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes more than that, mm-hmm. less than what they're owed. These are simple matters, so please don't fall into that trap if you've been let go, you deserve to know how much you're actually owed. And there is a tool we'll talk about later in the show that'll do exactly that from the comfort of uh, your own room. So how about that, Sal? Now, the first one you gave, and this is why a lot of people in that situation say six months or less or let go. They think, God, I'm, I'm getting too much severance here. Why is the number so high for the people that have worked a short amount of time? Yeah, what our courts have decided, right or wrong, and I'm not here to debate right or wrong. I'm just telling it to you the way it is. But what our courts have decided is that short service employees, employees with five years seniority or less, are actually treated disproportionately better when it comes to severance mm-hmm. than long service employees. So you may have an employee that's only worked for a few months pay and, uh, for a few months, and that employee is entitled to a few months severance. So you worked for a few months, you could get a few months severance. There's even situations, John, where the length of the severance exceeds the length of employment. Why though? Because it's assumed that just because you work for a short period of time doesn't mean you're going to find a job quickly. It may take you longer to find another job. So I've had cases where someone's worked for a few months, three, four months in a senior position, and they're older, and they could be entitled to as much as six months pay, even though they worked less than six months. So the message here when it comes to length of service, short service, 
does not mean little severance. Often and usually, the opposite is true. And to get a hold of Leora, by the way, outside of the show hours, 416-216-5900. And the email, simple as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at stlawyers.ca. The Employment Hour continues live right here on AM640. Back here with the Employment Hour. We are uh, fresh. Well, our second week live on Wednesday nights. We've been doing this on the weekend for a couple of years. So if you're new to the show, we're talking about termination and severance and anything under that uh, banner. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Got uh, Ahmed. How are you, Ahmed? Hello. Hey, pal. How are you? Uh, my name is Alex. Alex. Okay, I was close. Alex, so you got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Okay, I have a call. Uh, a question for uh, the gentleman. I was working for Star Canada. I was working for them in Toronto for three years. Sure. After a while, they said uh, we have we are going to open something in Edmonton. Are available of uh, moving up there. I said, okay, so what's the benefit of moving up? It's the same plus you have an increase of your income from 75000 to 160000 Because up there is totally different life of uh, living. It's, uh, everything is more expensive than Toronto. Okay. So I move up there. When I reach up there, after uh, two months, I check my, my salary to say how it's going, and I look at my account, which I ask my father, can you help me with, 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 with some money, because I'm not going to leave here. And when I look there, my salary was 3000 3, instead of 160 Did you talk and to them I about thought, that? Sorry? Did you talk to them about it? I talked to them about that, and the company was from the state, and I had called there, and they said, uh, don't forget one thing, Edmonton is cheaper than Toronto. You have $75,000 in Toronto, here it got around thirty, thirty-five. So wait a second, the promise what you did give me was 160 to open the business here, and to run the business here in Edmonton does not... Uh, help me to leave, and I cannot leave with his money. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's your business. How so long ago I was left. this, Alex? When did this happen? Last year. Last, Last year. And what, what happened? Did you continue <laughs> working? Did you return? What did you do? After that, I, I called the company and I said, look, I cannot leave here with this with a $30,000 a income, so I have to come back to Toronto and give me a job here. I reached back in Toronto. They said, sorry, you don't have no job. I see. Well, I was out uh, applying for unemployment. I called the states, which was the head office, and I said, sorry, you are in Canada. You've got to deal with your Canadian uh, unemployment center. Right. I called you guys. Actually, I did call you guys. And the answer what I got from you guys is, sorry, we cannot help you. Well, again, the, 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 there's... My question is, yes. how come you still advertise, I help you with this and that and whatever, when I call you directly without being through the radio, uh, when everybody can hear it, you tell me, sorry, we cannot help you with this company. Well, there's a lot of things that uh, could be going on here. For example, you may have signed an employment agreement that allows them to do that, or you agree to this change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's many things that, that could play in. What I can tell you is that the company does not have the right to unilaterally change the terms of your employment in a negative way. 
So if you were making one hundred and or seventy five thousand, they reduce it to thirty thousand. They they cannot do that. They can't reduce your pay, uh, and unless you agree to it, that would be a constructive dismissal. So if you're out of work because of that, guess what? If you're out of work, you're owed severance. So there could be other other factors. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do encourage you to to give us a call. But, uh, you know, without having a full consultation with you, it's hard to say. But certainly the, the message here is very clear. An employer cannot reduce salary, un- salary unilaterally. If they do that, that's a constructive dismissal. The employee is entitled to treat that as a termination of their employment and require the company to pay them their full severance. Let's get back to more of our, uh, our last week talk, and that was termination and severance as well. What happens to stuff like when you're, when you're let go? Uh, benefits, pension, uh, stock options, bonuses, all that stuff when an employee's let go. Yeah, and you know, very, very important because when you're let go and you're owed severance, that severance has to include all components of your compensation. So if you're an employee and you have a salary and you have bonus and you have a car allowance and you're enrolled in the benefits plan, all of those have to be accounted for when you're terminated. So it's not, if you're owed six months severance, as an example, it's not just six months salary. It's six months of everything. The idea is that the employer has to put you in the same financial position as if you had worked for the severance period. So you have to get paid your salary, your bonus for that period of time, continue your benefits. If there's a car allowance, you have to get that paid. Now, for some people, that could be significant. So if you're making uh, $80,000 and you have a bonus that's uh, another 25% on top of that, well, guess what? You're then, uh, and if you get let go, if you don't get the bonus, that's 25% you're not getting that you're legally owed. So an employer is never going to forget about salary. They're always going to include salary, but oftentimes they're not going to properly include bonus and the other components of compensation. So it's important not to forget that those have to be included. Uh, Lior's number, by the way, outside of show hours, 416-216-5900. And the email simple, lior at stlawyers.ca. Employment Hour, the midweek edition. We're talking about severance and termination. And uh, we're going to get into some union stuff uh, very shortly, which is uh, perfect for Michael calling from Toronto. Hi, Michael. How are you? Good, good. How about you? Good, man. What's your question for Lior? Uh, question uh, I have is a friend of mine uh, works at Air Canada, and the union is, I guess, uh, CAW. Uh, twice he has run into uh, problems. Uh, they suspended him, and the arbitrator ruled in his favor. And unfortunately, for the third time, the management has suspended him. Uh, the first time was because he was late going to the gate. The second time is because the kids was sick. He uh, called in sick, but uh, forgot to call another number to inform them that mm-hmm. uh, he was calling in sick. And the third time, what happened is now he's gone to a call center and he pressed the wrong button right. and placed, placed the customer on Michael, what, what is your question? The question is, uh, the union this time around is refusing to uh, grieve for him or arbitrate right. or whatever, and they're saying that he will be terminated. Does he have any options available? So let me, the, the short answer, and it's very important for our listeners to, to, to understand this as well. Unfortunately, when you're part of a union, you don't really have any options, simply because when you're part of a union, the union is the only one allowed to help you. It's not a question of they should be helping you. It's they're the only ones allowed to help you. You cannot deal with your employer yourself. You cannot hire a lawyer to deal with your employer for you. 
the union is the only one allowed. And if the union doesn't want to or refuses or, or just doesn't do a good job of it, there's not much that you can do. You're stuck. You know, when you're part of a union, you live and die by the union and with the union. In some cases, you can file a complaint with the labor board against the union. Usually that's a waste of time. So for, for those of us listening there that are part of a union, uh, if you're in that situation, the only one that can help you is the union. No lawyer can help you. You can't go outside the union to get a, law, a lawyer Cannot, like yourself. Wow. And there's no exceptions. Wow. We talk about severance and the level of severance and what people get when that letter and that package gets crossed, you know, crossing the HR person upstairs and, you know, the fifth floor. So how often in, in your practice do you see people who receive inadequate severance? Yeah, so, you know, we talk here about having uh, severance reviewed, getting some legal advice if you lose your job. So. How common an issue really, John, is it when people are let go and are not uh, pro- uh, provided proper severance? Well, I speak to people every single day. The uh, 14 lawyers in my office speak with uh, employ- employees every day that lost their jobs. And 90% of the people, 90% that are offered severance packages, that have those severance letters in front of them, are offered inadequate severance. Mm-hmm. And almost in all of those cases, it's not, well, you know, it's a thousand or a couple of thousand dollars off of what it should be. In most of those cases, it's off to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. So, so it's very common, very, very common. In many cases, uh, the employer almost assumes that you're going to accept because you may not know any better. So oftentimes that's the, what's the driving force. The employer thinks if I'm going to let go of uh, 10 people, most of them are going to accept inadequate severance. And if I have to deal with one or two and get them better severance, that's still good odds for me. So don't fall into that trap. Don't be one of the uh, 90% uh, people that get inadequate severance and don't get legal advice. Make sure you know your rights. Why is it? Why is there this proliferation of, of inadequate severance? Why do employers do that? Why do they just give you what's, what's adequate off the top? Well, there could be several reasons. One of them, uh, the employer itself may not necessarily know or be aware of their obligations. So for example... If you're talking uh, about a small company, they may not have sophisticated HR people. They may not know that they owe these full amounts. So that's one reason. The other reason is probably the more common is the employer may know exactly what they have to do, but they hope that you or the employee doesn't know any better. And they play those odds. And most people, in fact, don't know any better. That's why we do this show, John, to inform people. So uh, there's there's those reasons, and again, that's why we've made it easier. That's why we've made uh, created this show, and we have the Severance Pay Calculator, uh, severancepaycalculator.com, to help people get to know their rights. Look, some people are going to be upset, obviously, off the top if they get let go, especially if it's a surprise. And then you know, they go home, and they figure out, they, they, they hear us, and they hear you, and they go, oh, I didn't get enough severance. Right away, they're thinking, legal action, I'm going to sue somebody. Yeah, and, and th- that's wrong. And here's the good news, John. These disputes, whenever there's a dispute over severance, for the most part, they're very, very easy to resolve. They resolve quickly. In most cases, you don't actually have to take legal action against your employer. Even in situations where you do have to take legal action, that resolves very quickly. In 99% of the cases, you're not going to be within 100 feet of a courtroom. You just don't need to, not because you don't want to. You don't need to. It resolves. So don't ever be afraid of uh, lawsuits or courtrooms and None of that applies for the most part in employment cases. These matters are easy to resolve. I want to reach Lior outside the show, by the way. His personal number, 416-216-5900 and Lior at stlawyers.ca. Fast and furious uh, on the phones. Be patient, stay on the line. we got Tommy working in there. He's busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, but that's okay. We'll get to them all there. We'll get to uh, Connor, East York. Hi, Connor. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Good, man. No worries. What's up? 
I work for a multinational uh, in the GTA and um, corporation. I'm not in the union. And my question is, is in, in our organization, the human resources director or vice president, the highest level up in that department is considered to be not even considered. It is one of the highest level positions in the company. Very difficult uh, for when you know layoffs happen or, or there's firings or whatever for people to be I don't know, uh, well-educated as to what's going on, but you think that the human resources would be there for the employees. My question is, is, isn't that kind of a conflict of interest for a corporation to have one of their highest-level executives working with the top people that are actually producing these layoffs to be in that position of, of human resources? I mean, you think there would almost be an arm's length or other uh, control in place? Right, right. And, and you know, the, the reality is, and we should be very mindful of this, that the interest of the human resource uh, person is the the interest of the company. So the, the human resource person has one goal, and that is to do what's best for the company. To the extent that doing what's best for the employees helps the company, that's what the human resource person is going to do. But when it comes to termination, the goal of the human resource uh, person is to minimize the exposure of the company, to minimize the amount that the company has to pay the employee, and uh, that's what they're going to do. So if you assume that the human resource person is in there for you on termination and they're going to help you out, that's wrong. That's just not their job. So you cannot get your advice from the human resource person. It's on you to get your advice. That's why I encourage people to, to, uh, to speak to me. 416-870-6400-STAR-640-ON-CELL. Got to Sadiq and Scarborough. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. What's your question for Lior? All right. So I'm an employer, um, and one of my employees had a wor- had a injury outside of work. So she hasn't come to work in about four weeks now. So she sent me an email um, with a doctor's note saying that she can return with modified duties. However, the job that requires of her can be can be accomplished with modified duties. So now, as an employer, what rights do I have regarding this employee? Can I terminate her? Can I can I tell her no, go on disability? Um, and, and, and the doctor said um, it's got to be modified duties for eight weeks. Right. What do, what do I do going forward? Good, good question, Sadiq. And a lot of employers are facing in that same situation. Uh, so let me give you my thoughts. As an employer, you have an obligation to provide accommodation. So whenever uh, an employee for legitimate medical reasons provides a, a letter from a doctor outlining uh, restrictions, the general rule is you have an obligation to accommodate. Now, what happens when you legitimately cannot accommodate? Well, first of all, we should note, Sadiq, that it's a fairly high threshold. So you really do need to try to make efforts to find accommodation, if at all possible. But I'll take you at your word, and if you cannot accommodate, then the answer simply is you you advise the employee, I cannot accommodate you. Here's what I've tried to see if I can find that accommodation. It's not possible. So she can continue being on a medical leave of absence, either an unpaid leave or if there's a disability plan, she can apply for the disability plan or she could potentially qualify for EI disability benefits. And when she's able to return to work without those restrictions, you would take her back and she'll continue working. But if you legitimately cannot accommodate, she simply can continue on a leave. Do not terminate her right now because if you terminate, that could be a human rights issue, you'd or compensation. So that's not a good idea. Does that answer the question? Um, it does. Now, um, one follow-up question. What if she says that, no, I can work under these modified um, duties? However, as an employee, I say, no, you can't because I know for because it's a shoulder injury and you can't move your hand in this method and then right. you're going to be mobile. So it's my argument against hers. So, so that's the thing. It cannot be yours against her. It has to be the word of a doctor. 
So if there's any right. question as to what she can or cannot do, you cannot decide. She cannot decide. You need to get her doctor to tell you exactly what she can do. You may have to ask the doctor specific questions. Can she move her arms? Can she lift more than 20 pounds? Ask specific questions. If the doctor says, yes, she can, then that's fine. She can. Uh, and so there has to be the word of the doctor. Do not get into a debate as to uh, what you think or what she thinks. In the employment hour, uh, Lior's number, by the way, 416-216-5900 and Lior at employment, pardon me, Lior at stlawyers.ca. Try to plow through as many of your phone calls tonight. We appreciate you calling in, everybody, and asking your questions. Got uh, straight up, Carl and Barry. Hi, Carl. Welcome to the show. Yes, hello. Hi, pal. Hey. What's your um, question? I've- yeah, question in regards to uh, my wife's situation. She has um, lost her job about six weeks ago. Um, they, uh, she had worked uh, there for approximately seven years as a CAD design operator yep. for a large company, um, I guess, uh, American company here in, in Canada. And um, she was giving, uh, given a termination notice, uh, and I believe she was able to work six weeks as part of her severance. Yes, and uh, then she um, uh, was given the bare minimum in, in, in the way of, uh, of severance, uh, uh, I guess mandated by the, by the government's guidelines, the bare minimum. Now, Carl, um, how, how old approximately is uh, your wife? She's about 62. 62. So let me, let me make it very simple. After seven years as a CAD operator at the age of 62, she'd be looking at nine to ten months of compensation. That's months, not weeks. Therefore, right, right. if she didn't receive that, the six weeks that she received as notice counts towards that, okay? So it will be nine months less the six weeks that she worked. If she right. did not receive that, Carl, it's very easy. She has to give me a call because okay. we should and, be able to get that resolved. And here's the, here's the yeah. sticky point. Just recently, uh, she inquired um, and she found out that she did sign an uh, employment contract. Right. Um, she didn't remember signing specifically an employment contract along with the uh, paperwork that's given to a new hire. Right. She's all excited, and she signed their name to a bunch of documents, mm-hmm. and it turns out it was an employment document that stipulated the bare minimum. Well, in many cases, and I'm not going to get too technical, but in many, many cases, those documents, those agreements are not enforceable. In fact, I would say eight out of ten times. So I want her to contact me. I'm going to want to see a copy of two things, the employment agreement that you, you just referred to and the letter of termination, and I'll be able right. to tell her in about 60 seconds flat once I've seen them, it, does she get the full nine months? There's no, no risk, no charge, no uh, downside. Have her do that as soon as possible. Be happy to talk to her. Carl, that number, I mentioned it a few times tonight, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900 is the number. Got uh, Elaine in Toronto. Hi, Elaine. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? Uh, so, so. Um, so, uh, my boss is going to be closing her office. And um, I've been there 11 years as an executive assistant. And... Um, I so she's going to close the office as of November 30th. So it's like two and a half months, and um, and I've been there 11 years, and uh, but I didn't realize also that I had signed a contract when I started. Right. And it it says that uh, if she terminates me, I will get um, uh, two weeks plus one week for every year I've been there. Okay. And. Uh, and I'm um, I'm in my late sixties. 
So, Elaine, th- that document that you signed, the employment agreement that you referred to, is, is key. I want to see it because, as I was telling the previous caller, in many cases, maybe 8 out of 10 times, those agreements, those provisions that try to limit your severance are actually not enforceable. So I want to see yours because for you, potentially, you could be owed a year's pay, maybe more. So very, very important. Let me see that. Once I see it in about 60 seconds, I'll be able to tell you if it's enforceable or if it's not enforceable. Because if it isn't, and I think it probably won't be, then you're going to be owed significant compensation. It was written by a lawyer. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. But that, that doesn't change the fact that in most of these cases, it's not enforceable. And all you have to do, you can email it, fax it to me. Uh, I'll take a look at it and I'll tell you, yes, it is. No, it isn't. And be, there's a lot at stake here. Elaine, again, 416-216-5900 is Lior's number, or Lior, L-I-O-R, at stlawyers.ca. And send it to him as quickly as you can. Vish in Toronto, how are you? I'm not bad. I just got a quick question for you guys. Yep. Um, I worked in a bank as an operation, in the operations department for 13 years. Uh, got a laid-off notice uh, saying that they're going to pay me out for the rest of the year as of it was last year, April. And to this year in um, January, and uh, I spoke to a few people. They said, "So if you go to a lawyer, they're gonna they're gonna say they can get you this this much money, which it might not be that much." So um, I I just signed the paper and give it back to them. Is there any way? Do I have a chance to go back into looking into if I can get any more money or not? Unfortunately, Vish and, and everyone else uh, listening, once you sign the termination letter, once you sign the letter telling you you're, you're, the severance you're getting, there's really no going back, okay? So unfortunately for you, because you signed the paperwork, again, I don't know if it was good or not, I don't have all the information, but because you signed the paperwork, it's extremely unlikely that you're going to be able to go back. That's why it's always so important to get that legal advice because before you sign off on anything, because once you sign off, you're usually done. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Got Frank in Mississauga. Hi, Frank. Good evening. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, pal. What's your question for Lior? Uh, I'm an employer, and we've uh, we've sold one of our business locations. Um, we told the employees about eight weeks ago that we, we had the, the business up for sale, and the, and the deal will be closing in October. Right. The new purchaser uh, is willing to take on all the employees. Right. Um, the only person that he didn't want to take was the manager. Okay. Um, we're transferring the manager to, to one of our other businesses um, to keep her employed in the same position. The only thing is it, it's, good, it's under a different corporation. Does she start back again, um, like in a probationary period? In, in, you mean the manager? Uh, yeah. In the eyes of the law, her employment is going to be considered as, as continuous because you it was really more of a transfer. She, she had a job and she you're not terminating her. You're not paying her her full severance. Uh, and, and because of that, she's her seniority is going to follow with her. So when you transfer her, uh, she she's still your employee in the eyes of the law. Her seniority would continue. So she's not a new employee. It doesn't stop you from uh, having her sign an employment agreement. And I think you should if she hasn't signed one before. But she's not a new hire, and, and she can't be treated uh, as a new hire in that in that respect. Okay, and then once the new purchaser takes over the employees, um, you know we've done the ROEs, everybody's gone, uh, and agreed to being hired with new. There's nothing 
else that we need to do after that point. No, that, that's that's absolutely right. Once they they sign off and they accept employment, the new empl- uh, employer, the new company inherits their service. That's on them now. And if as long as they accept, your obligations end. Now, if they decide not to accept for whatever reason, you may still have obligations uh, towards them. But assuming they all accept and sign off, yes, you're done. And if there's any questions, if someone doesn't accept, if there's any pushback, Give me a call. Let's talk about it specifically. Frank, appreciate the call. We'll take a short uh, short break. It's 416-216-5900. That's Lior's number outside the show. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at stlawyers.ca. The Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640. This hour is just flying by, my friend. We will uh, get to a phone call here before we wrap it up for another evening. Got Edith in Newmarket. Hi, Edith. How are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Um, I just have a couple of questions. Um, is there a statute of limitations as far as going back to, for an employee? Yes, uh, that, that statute of limitation is two years. Ah, uh, two years, okay. So you're, you're out and of time? I'm out of time. Um, it was an issue of I was off on compensation, workman's comp, uh, for actually almost five years and ended up having surgery on my shoulder and it was of no... Um, uh, circumstances beyond my control. I had to wait for the doctor to have a uh, to get to me type of thing. And then when I went back to work, I was driving a bus. Um, instead of doing the line run, which I normally did, they put me on charter work, which I'd never done. And in 29 days, I had one day off. And in that 29 days, I had to get myself to work. And they had given me a credit card with my name on it. And I only used it for gas. To get in, so I could get into work in those uh, 29 days, and they fired me for that. And this was shortly after, I, like a couple of months after I got back off uh, off of the WSID. Right. So, Edith, th- to- this clearly would have been a wrongful dismissal, illegal, and and I'm very, very sorry. And and you're out of time. And for all our, our listeners, that's why it's so important to get some advice. We've had many calls, John, over the two years on the show where people calling and they realize, man, I wish I would have heard you two years, five years, ten years ago. So don't be in that situation. Because you get pressured, you know, Friday at 5, got to have that package back to us, right? Not true. Not true. That deadline doesn't mean anything. Your legal rights don't expire then. You need to make sure you get the advice you need, even if it means taking longer than the employer is asking. That deadline is meaningless. Just before we bail, severancepaycalculator.com. That's right. So we've had a bunch of people today, John, on the show, as we do every Every week, as I have every week in my office, calling wanting to know, well, how much am I owed? My, I was let go. My wife, my friend was let go. What am I owed? Well, one way to find out, severancepaycalculator.com. It's free. It's easy to use. It's completely user-friendly, okay? You go to severancepaycalculator.com. You input the length of your employment, your age, your position. It's just drop-down menus. And it's going to tell you how many weeks or months pay you are owed. The numbers are correct. I assure you, John, I vetted them myself. (laughs) Even though the numbers seem high, they're correct. So use that. Know what your rights are. Call me if you want. You can contact me if you want directly from the severance calculator. So remember, severancepaycalculator.com, the only thing of its kind. And we're very proud of it. And literally tens of thousands of people have used it over the past few years. We'll wrap for another week. We'll be back uh, next Wednesday. But before that, you'll hear us on the weekend as well. In the meantime, you want to get hold of Lior, 416-216-5900. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at stlawyers.ca. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640.